I'm Adam Pendlebury. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Barry Worthington. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Well, we suffered our sixth defeat in seven games away at Coventry on Tuesday. We've got Miles from Sky Blues Fans TV joining us to uh, look at things from a Coventry perspective. First of all, welcome, welcome, Miles. Thank you for having me on. Good evening, guys. Good evening. Up until you scored that 77th minute goal, I thought we really frustrated you with the way we would set up. It looked to me that the game was going to finish nil apiece. How did you feel from, from your side of the fence? Barry, I think I think when when you came on ours on um, Sunday evening, uh, we were talking about this game going into into this game against Wigan, and we were saying that if Wigan come set up to slow the play down, take the pace out of the game, put people behind the ball, we will find it difficult to to break you down because when we are passing the ball freely, we can cut most teams apart because that that's our style of play. It's been like that for the last five years now since Mark Robbins took over. When you came and, and the game kicked off for the majority of it your keeper took an age to take a goal kick if it went out for a goal kick he took an age to bring it out walked to the other side of the goal your throw-ins were taking forever and ever to take a throw-in you had a couple of players go down pretending they were injured absolutely killing the pace of the game and and stopping us from playing what we do best. So you came, I think you came with a game plan probably to get a draw. And if you got a lucky break, either on the break or from a set piece, which I think your set pieces were absolutely superb, to be honest with you. I think out the teams I've seen so far this season, been to every game moment away, your set pieces are probably the best in the league that I've seen this season. James McLean, he, he can whip a ball in really well. I don't know what all the booing was about. So I'm sorry for some of that booing going on there. I, I don't get it to be honest with you. Yeah, I, th- I thought, you, you you know, you probably set up for the draw, frustrators. You've done your homework to think that, you know, if we do get frustrated, we probably can't get anything out of it. But then, as you say, on the 77th, 77th minute, Hamer found a little bit of space, but it all started off with Eccles into Sheaf. Sheaf played a lovely little ball to Hamer. And he's just literally took it away from your defender, seeing a little gap, and it got a lucky deflection. So it was one of those games where it was it was either going to be a nil-nil or it needed something like a deflection to open the game up. And then when that goal went in, the game opened up. I can't believe that the last eight minutes, you, you were brilliant. You were really, really good. You came at us, you gave it a good go. It probably reminded me, I'll tell you how you, you reminded me, guys, is that when we were the first season back in the Championship after so long out of it, we sort of set up that way. We played one up front, we, we sat back, we played for you know the odd break and, and were very, very nervous for probably the first three months of the season probably the first third of the season we were we were quite nervy because we were shy we did we haven't been in the none of our players have played in the championship so so none of them knew what it was like and I think your your team probably last night reminded me of our first season back in the championship to be honest with you I don't know what you guys think but Victor Jokerez's goal picked it up five yards inside our own half ran past three defenders and in the 92nd minute and just slotted it into the goal I mean it was a good goal weren't it it was a brilliant yeah. goal it was really good looked at the stats one point in the game I think it was as they throw the stats up all the time it said shots on target Wigan nil Coventry nil and that was right up until the deflected goal I thought the first half was a little bit more even 
I thought in terms of the territory, and that's why we were able to win some of those free kicks. For the second half, was it looked like we were playing for 45 minutes as though it was the last five minutes of the game trying to hang on. And I think that's probably what the goal came from because they were knackered. They were putting the bodies on the line. They were blocking things. They were trying the best, but we got deeper and deeper. And the second goal, fair play to him on the finish, but... What it emphasises for us is that we are very, very slow. Or, you know, even our best player is very, very slow. You know, they were they were running through treacle, basically. Uh, and I know your guy's quick and he took it well, but I think he started behind them and ended up two or three yards in front of them. So, mm. uh, well, he would have started behind them. I would have been offside, wouldn't he, clearly? So, <laughs> I think that that's my view of the game. Relatively even first half. I don't, I don't think we played for a point. I think some of these injuries might might be knocks that we picked up because a couple of our players went down on Saturday. You know, they, they looked innocuous and then we, we lost them for that game. So I don't think Liam Richardson is one of those that sends them out. Don't get me wrong, if we're in the 93rd minute and we're winning 1-0, like, like most goalkeepers do, they pretend they're injured, don't they? And, but I, I don't think that was our game plan as such, even if it might have appeared that way to, to, to yourself. I'm quite impressed with Coventry and I think Liam Liam Richardson was very complimentary as well. And you mm. can tell that you know you're building building a good side. There. Uh, I mean, and, and obviously the position at the start of the season was false because you weren't you were miles behind in games, weren't you? So uh, that that was my that was my view on it. Jocker is is uh, some player. You've got to say that mm. uh, he was unlucky when jo- Jones ra- raced out and, and won the header against him. That could have gone either way. That was a hairy moment all over, weren't it? Really, it could have ended up three 0 because he had another chance as well. Didn't he where he, he fired do- away down the left and then cut it back a- across. We had Shaney marking him for that goal on the halfway line, and he just—I mean, Shaney got nowhere near him. We really struggle with Keane going off as well. That obviously was never going to be in the game plan, and we've never really played that long without Keane on the field. And I think as soon as he gets in. Injured. You bring Broadhead on, who is obviously a very good player, but it, it does disrupt that whole attacking kind of like fluidity that we do sometimes show. And then you see that as soon as we take Callum Lang and Charlie Wyke off as well, then we, that's when we concede the first goal. And then it's a bit of a scramble trying to get Asgard on. And obviously then Gyokerez just finishes it off. We played well. And in the first half, I think we did. We had a quite a few good chances. Max Power was whipping a few good balls in. James McLean was doing the same cut sort of thing. And it just takes that one or two players to be in the right position in the box to finish it off. And we just didn't have those players like in the box. But I think overall, like, it was okay. It wasn't the worst performance. It was just at the end, it all <laughs> kind of fell apart. I was quite impressed with uh, Reg, Romani Edmonds-Green. Yeah. First start for us. He's only played about 10 minutes previously, hasn't he? And I'll tell you what I did notice. When Dorico went off, he sort of slotted in a, a wing-back and he made uh, one or two good runs up that, that side. So that might be something for us to look at. The starts, this is surprising, really. We'd 45% of the possession, which I thought I didn't think we'd had that much. Shots, Coventry 14 with two on target. We had five with none on target but there was a shot on target weren't it come from a Coventry player knocking it back <laughs> to the keeper I thought that was going in you know I really did think that was going in Heyman played it back to him didn't he and it was it was going in that was in the second half but I mean that, that was it was like <gasps> quick <laughs> one of those moments again you know where which is what I was saying you know if that's the sort of moment that probably your team were looking for last night first half as you say was Spot on, you know, you had a game plan, you frustrated us. As I said about your crosses, we're really, really good, I thought. And you've only got to get you've only got to get one player on it and, and it's in. I mean, you hit the bar. 
Don't forget, you hit the bar in the first half. That that could have gone anywhere. Then, as you say, second half, probably, yeah, you probably did get a little bit tired. But then we came out, out the blocks, I think. But, I mean, to be fair to you, you, you had a good game. You had a game plan and it worked really, really well and, until the last, till after 77 minutes, to be honest with you. But it was a lucky deflective goal. Yeah, I mean, you see loads of games where, you know, you could probably come away from there and say, how have we lost it? But when you look at the stats, like you're saying, we only had two shots on target. You had none. I mean, I don't think we've ever had um, any less than that this season. You know, it's just daft. When you look at QPR last night, I think they had something like 39 shots on goal and they got beat. That's the league that we're in, isn't it, really, to be honest with you? It didn't feel like it was a, that type of game, though, did it? It felt more no. more competitive than that. The corner count was 6-4 to four in Coff's favour. Fouls, you committed 11. We tripped you up 15 times. There were three yellows, two for Coventry and what more for the Latics. The attendance, 17,227, quite a good gate, that, with 624 away fans. The man of the match was chosen by the Progress of Unity listeners on Facebook and Twitter is the man making his first start for us, Romane Edmonds-Green. So well done to him. Well, Miles, thank you very much for, for joining us this evening. Um, can I ask you, if you had to pick one player out for us, who would you pick out as uh, our star man last night? I've got, I've got to go with James McLean, to be honest with you. I thought his crosses is is quite pacey, isn't he? Down that left-hand side. I, I thought, for me, he was probably your biggest threat. Especially in the first half. To be honest with you, he was better than Saar from Saturday. His crosses were way better than Saar's. And Saar's worth probably 40 million quid. So it says it all, doesn't it, really, to be honest with you? Yeah, I'd, I'd give it him, to be, to be fair. I thought he was really, really good. And I think you're going to be all right. You know, you're a bit nervy. As I say, it reminds me of the first season we we're back in the Championship. You're a little bit nervy. I think you'll be fine. You've just got to, you've just got to go for it. You know, you've got, to, you've got to try and get to January, say, you know, and then in January, if you can strengthen the team a little bit and then go for it. And that's what we did first season in the Championship. The last 12 games, we went for it in the last 12 games and we just, and, and we ended up staying up. So you'll be all right. You're, you're going to be fine. Thanks very much, Miles. Thank you very much. And thanks for Cheers. coming on. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again the next time we meet up. Yeah. Yeah, cheers, Miles. Thank cheers you. Cheers for having Bye. us on. Thanks. Bye. 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 Saturday, we've got Blackpool in town. Always a good game between us and the Seasiders. And I'm very pleased to say that Seasiders podcast contributor, John, joins us in the studio today. How are you doing, John? Not too bad, Barry. After yesterday, being better. Vis-a-vis a 3-0 home hammering against Middlesbrough yesterday that could quite easily have been a cricket score. You started off the season pretty okay, I thought. But I wanted to to start this little chat off with asking you, how big a loss has Neil Critchley's departure been to Blackpool? In terms of him as a manager, as a as a head coach, it's not been as bad as I thought it'd be. But it, it was the timing and the manner of his departure that kind of left a, a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths. On a footballing front, we did seem to be very organised and every single player knew what to do on the pitch. They had a job to do, which meant to pick up and we had specific tactics for every game. Now, that kind of wound a lot of players up because, so fans, rather than impose our game on the opposition, he seemed to look at the tactics from that each team plays and try to match them based on their game rather than playing our own game, which kind of annoyed a lot of people, but it was reasonably successful. But since Michael Appleton's come in, it's been very, very hit and miss. Played um, 
against Coventry when we beat them. Seems like a, an age ago now. It's four four games ago. We played one of the best performances that we've ever seen in a, in a long while, and that includes Neil Critchley's tenure. But we've we've had some absolute stinkers as well. So he is a mess. He was a very good coach. He got us up from League One. We had a very good season consolidating in the championship. And I'm sure that if, if he'd have stuck around rather than going to be uh, Stephen Gerrard's T-boy and Cone putter outer, I'm sure we'd have been we'd been having a very good season this year with a bit more backing from the board to strengthen the squad. And um, yeah, so yeah, he is he is a miss. Pains me to say it, but yeah, he, he is a good coach. And it was a it was a shock and it was disappointing to lose him at the same time. We were kind of prepared for Neil Critchley to go. We expected him to go to be a manager of a, a you know, like a top championship club. If a big, if a big championship club came in, offered him a load of money, and you kind of would have expected, you, you would have understood it, but not to go uh, and as an assistant coach. All right, Aston Villa are obviously a big club, but it's you, you're still not the main man, are you? And I think at the end of the day, money talks. But look what's happened to him now. He's on the dole. He's been sacked along with Steve Gerrard. So the Blackpool fans were quite pleased about that when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> he might be coming back capping onto you, yeah? Yeah. Well, well, we'll move on to uh, to his replacement, Michael Appleton. I know he's been manager of Blackpool before, only for a short time though. So he's come back in. Was he what you expected? Have you been a bit surprised with the recent results? Not a lot of people wanted Michael Appleton when he's when his name popped up. A lot of people were blinkered by the fact he was he, he left within thirty days, but. That was under exceptional circumstances on under the Oysters. Any half-decent manager wouldn't entertain that job, and I think he's just realised what he'd let himself in for. So a lot of people were not happy about that, but that didn't bother me and quite a few people. Generally, he's been okay. In fact, he's come from Preston as well. That, it's an instant, very large obstacle he's, he's, he's going to have to overcome, and he had to get the fans on side straight away with that. And it's quite a funny story. There was a rumour going around that he had a Preston North End tattoo on his leg. So to dispel the rumours, he actually stripped down to his boxes in our sports club and said, look, lads, it's a load of bollocks. Look, there's nothing there. I, I, if you want to know, I'm a Man United fan. So that was that. But um, yeah, results-wise and performances-wise, it has been very, very hit and miss. We've had some absolutely shocking performances. Stoke, where I just went to West Brom last night against Middlesbrough. They were, they were as bad as under Simon Grayson, and that is saying something because he was shocking when we had him second time round. As, as I said to you just before we came on air, we played Coventry at the weekend and we blew them away in the first half. It was, some, it was sublime football, some of the best football that we've seen. So it's very kind of Jekyll and Hyde but he, he really has not been backed in the, the transfer market. We had a we had a terrible summer transfer window. No targets that he wanted have come in. Um, we've, we've let Josh Bowler go. That's not helped. We've not replaced him. Losing Richard Keogh was a massive loss at the centre half of defence. You know he's quite he's getting on a bit, but he was great at the back. He was a, you know he was a defensive general, marshalled everything, kept everything ticking over. He's got a tough job that. We've lost all our best players, not replaced them, and he wants to play a specific system, and I don't think he's got the players to do it. So I'm not that unhappy with what he's done so far, but if the results continue the same vein as the last few games, he's going to be in trouble. But we did smash Preston 4-2 as well, and so he's, he's gained a lot of credit for that in my books and a lot of the fans. Notice you didn't have too bad of an October, but you, your November's been been quite horrendous. You've not scored a goal. You got dicked on your on your own patch quite heavily by Middlesbrough, who in fairness did us on ours. So, have the goals dried up? Is it because players are out of form, or have you just been generally poor? The main problem that we've got, we've had a, a ridiculous amount of injuries. Um, lots of key players missing. Keshi Stewart, Keshi Anderson's just come back injured again. Jimmy Husband's just got injured again. Uh, we've got this player called Kevin Stewart. He's a midfield general, not a general. He, he just keeps ticking over in midfield. He's been injured all season. Illness, illness has swept 
camp over the past few weeks. Um, I was speaking to a Coventry fan when we went there and he said, oh yeah, our, our squad's been decimated because of this mystery illness that's gone through the squad. We've caught that at Coventry. Charlie Patino's been taken out, Carey. Uh, we've lost Jordan Thornley as well, another key centre-half. He's out. It's no surprise really that this bad run that we're on is in conjunction with all these uh, injuries we've had and these illnesses. So that's what dec- that's what's decimated the team, the first 11. And we do not have strength in depth to cover. So we've, we've, we've probably got a very good 16 players, but half of them have been missing over the last three weeks. And that's kind of, I guess, influenced some of the results and performances. Because, you know, you're playing two, three times a week, aren't you? In the run-up to the World Cup and... There's no recovery time. Gary Medine's having to play every game and he's just knackered. You know, he, he can't he can't keep up these two, three games a week and, and it's showing. It's showing in a lot of players. We're getting very laggy and we're getting more and more injuries. Players that are coming back from injury, are, they're playing too many games and they're getting re-injured. So, um, yeah, depleted squad, to say the least. A bit of good news. We played Coventry on Tuesday, so we might have picked this sickness up. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You well, never know. If you, don't get it, if you don't get it off them, you'll get it off us, won't you? So you're bound yeah. to get it. You mentioned the Gary Medine, and, and I know what you're saying about, about the older players struggling, because we, we've won or two older players in our squad, and two and three games a week, it does take out of them. But Gary Medine is, is, is a type of player that every time we play them, he might have a shocker, but he scores a goal against us. Jerry Yates, he's, he's been quite prolific this season, scored nine goals. And the next player of our was Callum Connolly. Those three players are going to catch our eye, but who else is going to be starting on Saturday that that we should be looking at? Normally in this situation, obviously I say Josh Bowler, but we've lost him to Nottingham Forest. He was our he was our main goal threat, so he's uh, a lot of the play came through him. He's he's been been and he's gone now. Um, we've got a player called Charlie Patino on loan from Arsenal. He's a uh, tip to go all the way to the top. Quite a, a sublime player at times. He'll keep things ticking over in midfield. Scores the odd goal every now and then. He's not a flair player per se, but he's one you want, you want to kind of keep your eye on. Uh, keep him quiet, and you'll you'll stop Blackpool, I guess. Uh, we've also got another young lad called uh, Sonny Carey who came from Kings Lynn uh, a couple of years ago. He's very exciting on the ball. Uh, lower league Phil Foden, I've described him as. Um, so that was, that was the main two. Obviously, Jerry Yates is where the goals are going to come from. Fingers crossed. If there is any, if we can field an 11. <laughs> well, that leads us straight into the prediction. So, John, what are you going for? Callum Connolly's back. He was suspended. We've just lost our centre-half. We've got one recognised centre-half. We've just lost our left-back who's been filling in at centre-half. He's pulled a hamstring. We're absolutely running on empty. So I'm going to say uh, two two nil win to Wigan. I really don't fancy our chances whatsoever. The way we're playing, I know what you're doing here. You're filling us. With I'm that. not honestly. I'm confidence. not. It's not reverse psychology. <laughs> I, I'll hold you to that. Thank you very much for that, John. I really appreciate you coming on. Best of luck for the rest of the season after Saturday. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same to you, mate. Cheers. See you later. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting as always. They obviously lost Critchley in the summer, which was a, a big blow because he was you know, building a good thing there. And Appleton, I've seen some views on sort of Twitter and they don't look overly kind of convinced uh, by him at the moment, uh, some of the fan base. And he did a good job at Lincoln, I think he was at, wasn't he, where we got him into the playoffs. But he has moved around quite a bit. Yeah, I, I thought he was a bit, unless it's reverse psychology, I think he was a bit overly pessimistic. Because, uh, you know, I know a couple of Blackpool fans who said that, you know, at times they've been okay this season. So actually saying that they're going to come to the side with, I suspect the worst home record in the Football League, it certainly is in the Championship. 
and they're, they're expecting to lose 2-0 must be a bit of reverse uh, uh, psychology really I do think maybe there are they are a side that we can be targeting you know in terms of the relegation fight but you know if you're looking at it now you would say that Blackpool are more likely to survive in this division than, than ourselves so yeah I thought he was quite quite pessimistic so maybe that's a sign of the times and maybe that good start to the season is fading away Shall we have a ref watch for Blackpool then? The referee will be Andy Davis from Hampshire he's a former professional footballer himself with Gillingham Pompey and Yeovil and he's been in the Football League since 2012 and a select group two referee since 2014 Andy Davis has been in charge of 12 Latix games previously two of them earlier this season we won them both Birmingham and Rotherham and his card watch so far this season, he's taken charge of 15 games. 10 of them have been in the championship. And in those 15 games, he's issued 45 yellows and one red, Joe Bennett. And he's awarded two penalties. And that's Andy Davis, who will be the referee against Blackpool. So we've previously played Blackpool 49 times. We've won 21 of them, lost 18 and drawn 10. And our first meeting against Blackpool was a... FA Cup first round tie on the 24th of November 1979 at Bloomfield Road, where Colin Methven scored our only goal in a 1-1 draw. We went to a replay at Springfield Park four days later, and it was a great game, with the Latics getting a 2-0 win. Corrigan and Gore scored that one in front of uh, just shy of 15,000 supporters. We've only lost once to Blackpool in our first 11 meetings, but recently... Blackpool have been the better of the two sides. We've lost the last three without scoring a goal. And the last time we met in January 2021, we lost 5-0 at the DW. I haven't really got any good recent memories from home games against Blackpool. And I'll save my away one for later in the season. I guess the only well, one I can think of was the, the, the goal when um, the game when I think, did Riera score in a 1-0 win? Since then, we, we've always been a side near the top of the league, but always seem to fail miserably, apart from the one that Charlie just alluded to. We, we got stuck in the mud and lost 1-0. About, I think that might have been under Coldwell. And then we lost 2-0, I think, under Paul Cook. But I think a lot of the players had the Man City game in mind, the home match against Man City at the time. So, yeah, not recent memories for me at home against Blackpool. Not not great, to be honest. The one that sticks out for me is the one where we went into the season all optimistic. Blackpool newly promoted. They, their ground wasn't ready. They played it at our place and they absolutely spanked us. We got played off the park. But, you know, we had the last laugh. They went down on Survival Sunday and we survived, so... That game was uh, Chris Kirkland's horror show, weren't it? And we played Chelsea as well the week before. They did a 6 0. Well, week Blackpool, after. The yeah. week after, sorry. Yeah, they did a 6 0, and Blackpool did a 4 0. And, and then Ali Al came in away at Hartlepool and kept his place for the rest of the season. We went to Spurs and 1 0, didn't we? Quick one on that, Barry, because previous to that as well, three games in a row, we lost 8 0 at Chelsea, 4 0 at home yeah. to Blackpool, 6 0 at home to Chelsea. Dave Whelan was a very, very sympathetic chairman because there's not many managers who <laughs> survived that. But we did go and win the FA Cup, which we never talk about. <laughs> no, brilliant stuff. So let's have a look, look forward to this game on Saturday. Two form teams coming head to head. The trouble is they're absolutely dis disastrous form we're both in at the moment. I've spoken to two Blackfield fans today. Uh, one rang me up, actually, to tell me that They've just done, done the bet in the pub where they have uh, predictions every week and they've predicted that Wigan Athletic are going to beat Blackpool. They've seemed to have a lot of players out. They've no centre-halves. It's a game we have to win, isn't it? It's it? We have to win it. We have to win it, not because it, 
if we don't win it, we're relegated. But we have to win it because we're going into the international break for a month and we need to give the supporters a little bit of cheer before we come back in December. Yeah, and the squad. We desperately need something, don't we? Lee's quite tight as well at the bottom, so three points does actually do us pretty good. I think the story completely changes if we get three points. You start climbing places again, come back after the World Cup. If you can win one or two before January, you're looking all right. You're not looking in a relegation fight anymore. It it won't take much to turn it around, I don't think. Just a bit of luck. And I know it's the same for all teams, but a month's rest with some of the players that have been in and out and struggling, that's going to do them no harm at all, is it? Lange came back, so you'd expect we'll get we'll see more of him on Saturday. Keane's looked a bit concerning, but he might not feature on Saturday to allow him to have that longer period of rest. It might just have been precautionary, but we can't be losing Keane for the season. Right, let's get some predictions done. I- I'll start us off. We've got our lucky referee, Andy Davis, played 2-1-2 this season under him. I think we all Blackpool. We all Blackpool from that 5-0 that they did last time at the DW. So I, I'm going to go 2-0. Wigan Athletic 2, Blackpool 0. I'm going to say 2-1. Uh, I was watching Twitter, actually, when Blackpool were playing just to see how they're doing. And I saw a picture of Zach Steffen, Boris Keeper, sat on the post. And they said it was like 46 minutes in and he sat down. I read an article today on Blackpool and it was saying it was one of the worst games I've played. And to try and turn that around into Saturday is going to be quite a lot for them. And I think that, as we were saying before, I think we need that boost going into the World Cup. So I think we will do it. We're going to concede. Like I just, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, especially with Kerr out and just the way we've been playing recently. But and I think two one. I think we'll we'll do okay. I think we'll finally get a win before <laughs> before the World Cup break. I'm going to go with the result that we get when we need a result against Blackpool, and we usually get it at their place. But I'll go with three one Wigan. I think, like I said, we might lose might lose Keane, but we've got Broadhead or we've got Asgard who could come in there. You know, it does give us a bit more attacking ability. Because of the, how pessimistic they are, and I'm not that pessimistic, I'm actually going to go for a, a 4-0 win. <laughs> I'm absolutely mad. I'm absolutely mad, <laughs> but you, ever, the opti- ever the optimist, as they say. Well, we've got a we've got a, a break coming up after this game, aren't we? And it'll give us. I think we've we've got quite a few injuries at the moment, and it'll give us a chance to get those sorted. So I think it's come at the right time. This, and if we can if we can go into it with a win under our belts, but we'll be back on Sunday with a reaction. We'll either be we'll either be drowning our our sorrows, or we'll be celebrating with a few whiskies. So until Sunday, up the ticks, up the ticks. Come on.